Welcome back to Bringing Back the Bible. Uh, this is going to be the second episode. Um, and today's focus is going to be in, in accordance with the month of June, which likely you all already know, as it's shoved in your face, is Pride Month. And so, during this episode, I want to talk about, um, first off, what the Bible says about that sort of stuff, but more importantly, how we as Christians should react, if that makes sense. Okay, so, again, I'm Gabriel Babb, this is Bringing Back the Bible, and I'm going to now start um, opening prayer, which is very similar to the closing prayer, just at the beginning. All right. Dear Lord, you are glorious and all-powerful God. We are nothing compared to you, yet you still love us and adore us, Lord. And for that, we are all grateful, Lord. And I thank you for everything you do for me and for every one of us each and every day, Lord. All the little things, all the big things. You know, especially that you gave your son to suffer and die for us and our sins, Lord. I just thank you. And Lord, I ask that as we delve into your word today, that you would help to reveal what you want each and every one of us to have to our own hearts, Lord and you would convict those that need conviction, encourage those that need encouragement, Lord, and that it would ultimately be for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So I'm just going to get right into it. I've got several verse sections to cover today. Um, the first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Um, I'm using my NASB Bible, uh, 1995 edition, for those of you who are, want to be reading along the exact same words. Um, but ultimately, any Bible works fine. So, I also, since this is only a single verse, I'm going to read the verse immediately before and immediately after, but the focus is verse 9. So, verse 8 is says, on the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud, you do this even to your brethren. So this is uh, chapter 6, this section is sort of about lawsuits a lot, um, with chapter 4 saying, so if you have a law, or verse 4, saying, so if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame, that there is not one among you wise man who will be able to decide between his brethren. So, just to give context to what's sort of going on here in um, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, he's basically telling them, hey guys, why don't you sort it out between yourselves? Why are you going to a judge of this world? But, Verse 9 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And so, most of you who have read this passage before, or have heard teachings over this passage before, understand why I chose this one. Um, because it v fairly directly says um, that being gay or homosexual is against God. But, since there are people who argue against this, and because of the way the Greek words are used for that portion, I'm also going to cover uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, just in case anybody had any doubts over what the Bible says. So, let me turn there really quick. Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 13. Okay, so chapter, verse 13 says, this is in just a list of laws against immoralities, says, if there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act, they shall surely be put to death, their blood guiltiness is upon them. So I don't know how you can get much clearer than that, as far as it being immoral, that, you know, the Bible says in Old Testament times they should be put to death. So, pretty clearly, it's a sin. Um, this is also in between two, like, all the rest of the dif different verses in this section most people would agree are pretty bad. So this is really the only thing that would be questionable uh, in some people's minds. But that's what the Bible says about this. If you still, for whatever reason, have doubts, um, I would direct you toward to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, which also says a similar thing. But basically, this just tells me and informs me that the whole culture around LGBTQ and Pride Month and all of that is against God. It is in opposition to God because while one who is gay or lesbian or trans or whatever might not directly be challenging or fighting against God, it's the that which is not for him is against him, right? And if you are not actively trying to battle with that in the pursuit of God, then you have accepted it, and by accepting that, you are no long you are against God and you are sinning. But now I'm going to go into what I want the main focus of this episode to be. And that is how we as Christians should react to this culture. 
both inside the church and outside the church. And there is a very important distinction there that um, shows up in First Corinthians chapter 5. So, turn back all the way over there. Um... So, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, I'm going to read through the whole thing, and then I'm going to tell, uh, talk about the main focus of it. So, here, here we go. Chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, an immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead, so that the one who has had done this deed would be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in body, but be present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this, as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world, or with the covetous and swindlers, or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. But actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an, an immoral person, or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So, this chapter covers what we as Christians should do, should, or how we as Christians should respond to the LGBT community, both inside the church and outside the church. Um, so I'm going to start with inside the church. And it's pretty clear here. Verse 5 says, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that it, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So what that tells me is if there is someone who, and it can be any sort of issue, not just um, participating in, you know, homosexual behavior or transgender behavior or what have you, but any sin, you know, if they're stealing or, you know, committing adultery or whatever, um, if you have someone in the church who is not struggling against that, so then you, you should cast them out from the church. Let, literally, here, deliver such a one to Satan. Um, and so first, I want to cover the struggling, the idea of 
struggling, kind of how, why, you know, the sort of exception to that, I guess, to um, what verse 5 says. And that is because obviously we are all sinners and all who sin fall short of the glory of God. Everybody sins. Everybody gets trapped in a repetitious sin at least once in their life. You know, it's it happens because we are imperfect. But the difference between the type of person Paul is talking about here and a Christian who gets caught in a repetitious sin is that the Christian who gets caught in a repetitious sin doesn't want it and tries to fight against it and fights against it, right? They will, uh, they are trying to not sin. Whereas the person described in verse 5 is the type of person who says that they are Christian, but when convicted, whether by the Holy Spirit or by another believer, of a sin in their life, they are adamant in it, and they don't repent. They don't try to fight back against it. They just accept it and keep walking in that sin. That's the difference here. So that's, that's the type of person Paul is saying, deliver them to Satan, because they are so proud in themselves that the only way you're going to be able to get through to them and allow them to truly be saved is if they are released so that Satan can destroy their life. And it's sad that it's that way, but they, they need that pride to be broken down and turned into humility before they can be fully saved and brought to the Lord. Um, whereas one who is just struggling, that's the type of person, don't send them away, support them and help them, guide them through that, you know, be there for them and help them to get out of that. Um, but also in chapter five here, I want to touch on verses 12 and 13. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So these two verses cover the other side of this a lot more, as well as the inside the church. But it also covers a little bit of how we should react to the world. Um, and... That is to, we, we, not to judge them, you know, but the, as it says, but those who are outside, God judges. Who are we to judge those who are outside the church? But beyond that, what's the point? These are people who don't believe in the same laws that we do. So why are we trying to hold those who don't care about our laws accountable to our laws? It's not logical. Like, if you go up to someone who says, 
I am not a Christian. I don't believe in the Bible or what the Bible is says is morally right or wrong. And you try to go up to them and say, hey, the Bible says this action you're doing is morally wrong. They're going to say, I don't care. Leave me alone. So that's kind of the first part of how we should judge them. And then obviously remove the wicked man from among yourselves. If there is someone who is not truly a follower of Christ, remove them from the congregation, from the church, so that the church body will not be polluted. Because, like, just like the idea of leaven in bread, you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? And if we're comparing leaven to sort of sinful nature, you get a little bit in there and it can spread. Or at the very least, it can spread across the image of it and make the church look bad, uh, which we've seen numerous times in the world. Um, I'm also going to read here Romans 12, verses 20 through 21. Really quick here. Uh, let's see here. Yes, so, or, well, I'm going to read um, from 18 through 21, actually. Or 17? Yeah, 17 through 21. Okay, so 17 says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in, doing so, in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, well, this verse section doesn't apply quite, a, quite as specifically to the topic area, I still really liked what it says and how we can apply that. Um, and that is, you know, leave God to deliver justice on those who sin. It's not our role, our job, to go around and rebuke and convict the sinners in the world. It's not our job. Um, and we'll fail at it if we try, you know, it's, as we can, you can see by all of the, by the people who, like, go around places and try to tell members of the, the LGBTQ community that they're sinners and that they're going to hell or whatever, and that, it doesn't work. You aren't doing anything good by doing that. You are angering those people and making them less likely to ever want to even set foot in a church. And you're not providing anything good to the church either because these people weren't part of the church anyway, so it's not like you're cleansing the church. All you're doing is putting more anger and hatred out into the world. It's pointless. And not only that, but these types of people, those types of people act like 
members of that com of the LGBTQ community are such horrid sinners, but aren't all who sin don't all who sin fall short of the glory of God? So it's kind of hypocritical in a sense that you're going around yelling and being and fighting so strongly against these people when you sin as well. Okay? It's like Jesus says says, you know, to the when he's talking to the adulterous woman and, you know, the people were trying to stone her, he go, turns to them and says, you know, you who have not sinned, be the first to cast or be the one to cast the first stone. Right? And none of them cast a stone because every human has sinned. The only perfect person that has ever dwelt on this earth is Jesus. And he didn't cast a stone. To me, that tells me something. We should not be fighting against those who are outside the church. You know, instead, if they're hungry, feed them. Thirsty, give them a drink. You know, if, if they need shelter, provide it. Don't, don't push them down, lift them up. Because then, at the very least, even if they never come to Christ, you have made their life on this earth better, and you portray Christianity in a good light. And that could help other, bring others to Christ. But at best, you show them what Christianity really is. And then, and then after they become saved and they pursue after Jesus, then you can help them to discard that which is sinful. You can help them and still in kindness and love with patience. Because ultimately, that's... That is going to achieve so much more in the furthering of true Christianity and God's kingdom than rebuking the outside world. You know? So, as far as members of the LGBTQ community who are outside of the church, love them. Don't hate them. Love them. Help them. Be the person that they could come to for aid if they needed it.
But as far as those who are inside the church, if they're struggling with it, help them. Guide them. You know, talk with them about it. Truly show them they're there. you're there for them. And then if there are those who remain adamant in their sins, cast them out. And if it's an entire church, like an entire, whether it be an entire church, one church congregation, um, or an entire branch, I guess, of Christianity, reject them, rebuke them. Because you cannot call yourself a Christian and openly disregard the Word of God, lest we become like the Pharisees who traded God's commandment for the doctrine of men, which is what churches like that do. They say, they twist God's word so that they can be at ease and at peace with this world, which is not, it's like, that should not be a goal of any church or any Christian person. You should try to treat others with love and kindness and respect and act with peace, but do not expect the world to treat you with peace in return. You know, expect persecution. You should not change how you live your life to fit the world. We should change how we live our lives to fit God. All right. Now, again, this here would be the section where I would answer questions. Um, so please, if you ever have any questions or comments or anything that you want me to address, whether live on the show or just in an email response to you, feel free to ask them. Um, and I will answer them as honestly as I can. You know, if I don't know the answer, I will search God's word. I will talk to my pastor if need be. You know, I will, I will make sure that I can answer your questions if you have them. All right. So now I'm going to do closing prayer and then that'll be it. Okay. Oh, and remember with prayer, just pray along with me, you know, but add, add that which applies to your life. You know, if you've got a sin, some, something that the Lord has convicted you of, pray to him about that. Repent. If there's just somebody on your mind that the Lord has placed there or on your heart that you think you need to pray for, pray for them. 
you know, let this be a time not just for me to pray, but for you also to pray. All right. Dear Lord, thank you again for just everything you do for us each and every day that you provide for us and help us to get through this life and all the struggles within it, Lord, that you make sure there is always a way out in times of temptations, even if we don't take it, that you make sure that we, that you're with us just every step of the day, Lord, that you don't abandon us even when we abandon you, Lord. And I thank you for that. And, Lord, just forgive me of the sins and mistakes that I have committed this day and this week, even this month, Lord. Help me to stop and to repent from those fully, Lord, that I might make that 180-degree turn and walk away from it, Lord. Strengthen me in those times of temptation, whether I'm aware that I'm being tempted or not, Lord, and help me to, to fight against it and to not fall into those temptations and to sin against you, God. And I pray that you would convict me when I do sin and reveal to me those sins that I am not aware of, Lord, that I can work with you to cleanse myself of them. And I pray these same things for every person that is part, that is part of your church, Lord, all of your followers, that you would help them and guide them, Lord, and raise them up out of their sins, Lord, and that you would help all of us, each and every one of us, to live our lives for you, Lord, to give up that which is not of you in pursuance of you and your righteousness and your glory and your commandments, Lord. And Lord, I thank you again for giving me this opportunity to just speak about you, Lord, and to tell and tell others about you and your word, Lord. And I pray that you would continue to help me as I continue with this. And that you would grow me through this. And help me to, to continue to speak what you will for me to, Lord. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Alright. Thank you everyone for watching. Or I guess listening. It's not a video. Um... And 
I'll try to get the third episode out next week. We'll see. Thank you.